Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Cobcast. I'm Cobb, and this is the cast. I'm here with a bit of an, a more informal episode, uh, just about my stories that I've had published in the last week. It's not really an episode of the Cobcast. It's more of like a wrap-up or a roundup, a weekly roundup of my previously published stories. Um, about, I mean, every week I turn in uh, between four or five stories to my editors to be published um, online. Sometimes they, they go in print, so I'll, I'll go through some of my print stories that uh, were in the print issue of the Dallas Observer this week. But uh, we'll start from the top. So Monday, I had a story published that I turned in the, the previous Friday. It's about, uh, well, I'll just read the headline, and then I'll, I'll read a couple of the lines. But it's, Philip Kingston has his eyes on a seat at the Dallas County Commissioner's Court. So, former city council member Philip Kingston will try to unseat Republican incumbent J.J. Koch in a race to represent Dallas County's District 2. Kingston announced the week before last that he's throwing his hat in the race after rumors circulated late last month of a possible run. He filed paperwork that week to have his name on the ballot in the Democratic primary for the district, WFAA first reported. Gotta give them some credit. I think they were actually with Kingston when, uh, when he filed. Here's a quote from him, uh, from their story. District 2 on Commissioner's Court is not being governed properly. I'm a candidate with a track record of accomplishments and moving things forward and protecting our democratic values rather than behaving like a child and suing the county. Kingston is one of three Democrats looking to face off with Koch. The other contenders are Andrew Summerman, a local attorney, and Tom Irvin, a Democratic precinct chair in East Dallas. So next, this was a story that was published on Tuesday, so 12-14, we won again. Uh, that's what Lucas Gilkey, Lucas Gilkey, I think I said that right, founder and CEO of Hometown Heroes CBD said uh, in, in regards to or in response to a recent Texas Supreme Court ruling on, on Delta 8. Uh, so in the latest attempt to get THC isomer products like Delta 8 out of stores, the Department of State Health Services, or DISHES, asked the Texas Supreme Court to step in. The state health agency and Austin hemp manufacturer Hometown Hero CBD have been fighting it out in court over the legal status of THC isomers in Texas for the last few months. DISHES filed a motion with the Texas Supreme Court to have a ban on the products reinstated, but that request was denied. An injunction on the ban is still in effect, meaning THC isomer products are still legal for sale, transport, and possession in the state. That's for now, at least. Lucas Gilkey, again, the founder and CEO of Hometown Hero, he's been posting regular updates on YouTube about the ban and their legal battle against dishes. In a recent video, he said, we won again. This is a huge win for Texas businesses Texas veterans, 
and Texans looking for medicinal relief from products they can easily acquire. Dishes didn't respond to my request for comment. The recent Texas Supreme Court ruling sends the case back to the Court of Appeals where it could take between six months and a year to resolve. The next story I had published was about the Dallas Police Department wanting the city council to extend a juvenile curfew for another three years. Since 1994, Dallas has enforced a juvenile curfew that decides when people 16 and younger can be out and about. With the current curfew rule coming up for reconsideration in March, the police department urged the city council to renew it for another three years. And then another city council story uh, is about the Dallas police wanting sexually oriented businesses to be closed between 2 and 6 a.m. Since last month, the city's been considering imposing hours of operation on sexually oriented businesses. Now, the Dallas Police Department's weighing in, backing a proposal to shutter the businesses between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. And my next story was about a federal appeals court decision that said Dallas police in the Tony Timpa case aren't shielded by qualified immunity. Here's a little bit from that story. Until recently, the Dallas police officers involved in the in-custody death of Tony Timpa, a mentally ill man they pinned on the ground for 14 minutes before he died, were shielded from liability by a controversial legal defense, qualified immunity. The defense is meant to shield public officials from liability, in part to help prevent damages from frivolous lawsuits. But this week, a federal appeals court overturned the lower court's ruling that had dismissed a lawsuit filed against the officers by Tempa's family. The appeals court rejected the officers' claims of qualified immunity and sent the case back for a trial. And then the last online story I had run this past week was about a ransomware attack that affected more than 2,400 City of Dallas employees. Ultimate Kronos Group, a human resources company that provides timekeeping services, notified Dallas officials this week that it was the subject of a recent ransomware attack affecting 2,411 of the city's hourly employees. Kronos, one of the largest human resources companies, publicly disclosed details of the attack on Monday, December 13th, in a statement on its website. The HR company sports a hefty list of employers, such as the City of Cleveland, New York's Metropolitan Transportation Authority, Tesla, MGM Resorts, and apparently Dallas. Dallas employs about 13,000 people. Speaking by phone, Paige Jones, a spokesperson for the city, told me, we are working to ensure that all those workers get their paychecks as close to accurately as possible. And now we'll go to the print edition. So again, uh, every week I've got about four or five stories that go up online. And then every Thursday, the Dallas Observer comes out with its print edition. And some of my stories are, are in there sometimes. Um, first of all, there's a really good story on the cover by Michael Murney. Um, it's called The Truth Seekers, and it's about this uh, fringe group of QAnon followers. Um, and it's a little bit more compli complicated than that. But uh, yeah, a fringe group of 
QAnon followers who've been in Dealey Plaza since, I believe, early November. And they are waiting for JFK, who died in 1963, and his son JFK Jr., who died in 1999, to reveal themselves to the world um, because they've supposedly been alive this whole time, is what they believe. Uh, so it's, it's a story about that and, and some of the people down there. Great story. But back to me. Um, so let me flip to the news section. This one should be easy because I'll just read the, the headline and then the deck below it. And I'll fill in some details if I have to. Stand by your man. It's the first, uh, the first one of mine that's in the, that's in the December 16 to 2022 issue of, of The Observer. Stand by your man. Jim McDade, the president of the Dallas Firefighters Association, says paramedic who kicked a mentally ill man repeatedly was just defending himself. So, um, so yeah, that's in reference to uh, my coverage, and uh, I'm not the only one that was covering it, but uh, the, the Brad Cox story, uh, Brad Cox is a paramedic who was shown in video kicking a mentally ill man while he was on the ground. Um, there's an episode of my podcast out about that. I think it's episode 13. And then the next story of mine, Market Makers. It's a City Hall story. Let's just read the deck here. Dallas puts dollar stores in the crosshairs as it eyes new options for food deserts. So the, the city is looking into dollar stores in, in different, parts of, different parts of town, um, and, and they're saying that there's uh, areas where, where dollar stores are heavily concentrated, and some believe that that's um, keeping grocery stores from coming in. Uh, as well as as other things, but that's that's one of the big things is it's it's keeping grocery stores from coming in, and then it's uh, which is you know making it harder to to solve the problem of food deserts. Uh, so that's that's what that story is about. The city is considering some sort of regulations on on dollar stores to try to prevent that. That's something that they're discussing now. And I think that's it. Uh, again, great cover by Michael Murney. There's also, it looks like, at least one story in there by Simone Carter, another staff writer for The Observer. But that's all I have for you this week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>